Any Bronco fans? Okay, okay. At least you're a little more honest than first service. Any uh, Panther fans? Uh, all right, all right, all right. Well, I got to let you know it's not Super Bowl 50. It's Super Bowl 2020. And I'll let you know the reasons why here in a, fir- in a few minutes. First, I would like to find Rod. There he is. Rod, step on the X over here. Can you bring your family up? The blue X. Need something? Microphones. What we're doing here is we're making a big special emphasis here at Valley Bible Church. We're trying to change the culture a little bit. We're trying to be intergenerational. We want our children to own Valley Bible Church as much as we do. We want our children to love Valley Bible Church as much as we do. We want our children to grow up in Valley Bible Church, not in a youth ministry silo all by themselves, but we want them to know who you are, a generous, loving, gracious people. Um, So in that, we want to introduce the whole family, the whole Fry family from Mexico. There are missionaries that we've been supporting, how many years? Ten years, ten plus years, um, fifteen maybe, twenty, twenty-five, <laughs> uh, for a long time. W- mostly, we send them uh, money and finances to help them out. We've been praying for them. We've been trying to make special emphasis once a month to highlight different missionaries. But we wanted to bring up the whole family because it's not just the dad, who most of you might know already, or most of you have met the dad who is the missionary, but few of you have met the wife, and very, very few of you have met our missionary's children who make just as big a sacrifice as mom and dad do. Um, Talking with uh, Kathy and and David earlier, being bicultural from two nations, bilingual, there's some of the little bit of angst in there. Do I fit in Mexico? Do I fit in the United States? What do you call somebody from the United States? United Statesian? Most of us call them American, but Mexico is America and South America is America. It's kind of odd that we're United Statesians or something. But you get to be Mexicans. You got an identity. We're Californians, I guess, part of the United States. So there's a little bit of struggle there. They'll know the blessings of that when they're about 30 or 40 years old. But right now it's a bit of a struggle being a teenager. Okay, Kathy wants to go first this time. All right, so we've got some great questions for you, Kathy, um, so our, our church family can get to know you as our church family also. We're coming down to visit you in July on short-term missions. What's one of the favorite things that you like the most about short-term missionaries coming to visit? Well, it's always fun to have new people over. Like, I, I get to meet a lot of people and um, make friends, you know, and just... Uh, I'm, I'm with them in all the activities we do, so it's, I get to know them better, and, you know, yeah. it's, it's very fun. That's cool. We, so what, what's some of the things you do in those activities? Um, well, we have uh, soccer tournaments, and um, we help, like, in orphanages. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, and uh, there's a shelter for old people uh-huh. that we help in, too. Um, yeah, just sometimes they even, like, paint, help us paint, like, public places and, uh-huh. and all that. It's just a, a lot of things we can help there. So you don't know any Spanish at all, right? Yeah, I do. I do, <laughs> I do know Spanish. I, I so you better help, than English. You help translate down there? Yes. And what do you do with the children when the short-term missionaries show up? Well, um, 
with the short-term missionaries, I, I helped translate mostly. Uh -huh. And then with kids, um, I was in a VBS. I help with, with, I'm like a teacher kind of, or assistant. And I also, um, um, I'm a teacher at uh -huh. like Bible school. Oh, that, cool. So. You get all the little ankle biters together, <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. All right, this is David. Um, David right. is the Energizer Bunny Rabbit. He uh, gets about three hours of sleep, and he's ready to go the next day. I don't know if he's the first one up, but maybe the third one up every morning. <laughs> After mom and dad, he's ready to go. So, David, when, when you're down there and um, short-term missionaries show up, what kind of activities do you participate in and help with? Uh, we do soccer. Uh -huh. How do I say it here? Football? Football, soccer. Okay. Yeah. Soccer. Soccer. We do <laughs> soccer here. There and um, they help us. Some gringos help us. Gringos. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I help translate too. Like I'm not that good, but when someone needs help, I'm like, oh, here I'm here, and uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I know more Spanish than English, so yeah. And so when you get a gather a bunch of kids together, like how many kids come together for these soccer tournaments? Oh, uh, we do tournaments, and then. Um, a guy from South Carolina uh, went for a day, yeah. and um, he teaches how to do a team, like how to do a league, like how to do a soccer league. Yeah. And it was pretty cool because we, it, we were like five hours listening to him, but it was pretty cool. But this, it was Saturday, this Saturday, we, there were 14, 14 uh, kids uh -huh. there. And I asked from Facebook, uh, my friends, how many kids did this Saturday went? And he said 28. Oh, so cool. yeah, it's pretty, it grown. But in tournaments, we did three. First one, um, like 75 people went. Wow. Yeah, like that. Uh, the second one, uh, we did 85 something, I don't know. And the last one, it was like 115. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Praise so, the Lord. Yeah. David, David also helps share the gospel with the Mexican children that show up. Um, I had one more question for you, but I forgot it. So let's, let's ask Mama a question here. So what kind of education do you, have you given your children so far? Push it up. Sí, sí, me escucho. They went for elementary school. They went to uh, public school in Mexico. Uh, everything in Spanish. So their their first years in school were just pretty much in, in Spanish. And uh -huh. then after elementary school, we started doing homeschool. So now they both are doing are being homeschool. Uh, so you're missing one child. Yes, we are missing one child, uh, Daniel. He's 17 years old. He's in Pennsylvania. He's finishing high school uh -huh. there. Yes. Playing football. He's a linebacker. He had 95 tackles this season. That's a lot of tackles. It really is for a season. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I, another reason you mentioned earlier that you have them doing the bilingual just in case they want to go to school here in the United States like your son is doing here, graduating from high school. You have some big jobs when short-term missionaries show up. What's, what's one of the favorite things that you like about, like your son said, gringos coming down? Well, we love having gringos down there because, you know, it's so nice to have these fun people. You guys are a lot of fun, honestly. You are 
very, very, a lot of fun. And, and my people love having you because even though there's no the language, you know, to speak, you know, they, many, many of the Mexican people don't know too much English, but it's just so much fun because uh. they find out ways to communicate and to connect, and it's just always great. So uh, Rod was told by a friend on his deathbed to go to Mexico and find a wife, and he found you, right? <laughs> Was right. it love at first sight? That's right, love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's one of the jobs that you do when um, short-term missionaries show up? One of the things is uh, to find homes for them to stay with Mexican people. It's not really hard because they are always willing to open up their homes. Even though they are very small, two-bedroom uh, homes, uh, they are always willing to give up their homes and their beds for, for you guys. So. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yes. And so what does a Saturday or a afternoon lunch look like? You know, we're, they take 20 uh, short-term missionaries each time, and we told them we need to double that and send 40. And so what's lunch going to look like? It's going to look like a lot of uh, food, a lot of food. <laughs> but, um, well, 20 of you will eat anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh <laughs> No, no, we make sure that everybody eats. No, no, no. Uh, Mexican ladies are also very willing to, to help cook. Wow. So wow. I just need to make sure to talk to them and make sure we have a, a menu, you know, every day and everything that, you know, I just tell them, don't give them too much papaya because they don't like papaya, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or things like that. Yeah. Not too spicy because, you know, you know, some salsa to the side, but not too spicy and things. I just... Help them know what to, what's best for you, you know? So do you ever get somebody that eats too much? Excuse me? Do you ever get somebody that overeats, eats too much? Oh, yes. Yes, 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 <laughs> we do. Girls and boys, I mean, men and women. Both of, we Just have had chow. cases of women eating too much and getting so sick, and also men. <laughs> but, yeah. What I like to do is uh, we, we take groups to uh, taco stands, oh, and we'll wow. get, uh, I'll order, <clears throat> and I'll get a huge mix of things, um, Many of which, if you knew what I ordered, you probably wouldn't eat. But um, <laughs> if you don't have such a closed mind, you eat it and you like it, and then afterwards, I'll, I'll tell you. Let us know what it was. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't mention any of the things you told me, but it sounds good. <laughs> it's tasty. <laughs> um, so, Rod, uh, what drew you down to Mexico? Why, why go to Mexico? Yeah, uh, I was thinking about um, that question and I, I think the best way to answer it would be just to quote a prayer um, that I've heard personally, oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight times. And the prayer is a rosary prayed to Mary uh, when somebody uh, passes away. It's prayed at a funeral. And it goes something like this. <clears throat> um, Mother Mary, pray for us. Uh, Mary, Queen of Heaven, Queen of the Patriarchs, Virgin of the Patriarchs, Virgin of the Prophets, Virgin of the Holy Church, Mother Redeemer, Mother Savior, Mother All-Wise, Mystical Rose, Throne of Wisdom, and it goes on and on, probably 40 different titles for the Virgin Mary. Um, now, the, the prayer starts out good. It starts out uh, talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but then probably 35 to 40 titles for the Virgin. So it doesn't 
take a whole lot of uh, study to realize that the focus of people's attention is not Christ. Mm. And so, um, you know, ultimately, without, without the focus being Christ, um, you, we have no hope. And, and people who believe in Mary, obviously, we, we believe that Mary was a, a fine example of, of Christian character. She was greatly used of God. It's somebody that we look at as an example for us, but we don't worship her. And mm. so, um, I could give a lot of different reasons, but um, at, at, the, at the core, it's that. that wow. um, and, and oftentimes we have this impression that uh, anybody who says they're a Christian is a Christian, <laughs> right? And even here in the States, we could say that's not true. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's really our, uh, our desire is to, uh, to talk to people who have a general knowledge of, and, and there's a lot of advantages. Of, um, you know, the Trinity is a concept that is understood. Um, Jesus being divine is a, con is, a, is a concept that's understood. But as far as Jesus and his substitutionary penal atonement of his really what happened on the cross uh, isn't understood. And that's, that's our joy to tell people. In 20 years, you've been a part of three church plants, two specifically that you went out to, to start them. W what's been your main goal in the process of starting those and handing them off? Well, you know, you can evangelize and you can do all sorts of activities, but if, if those people come to know the Lord, where do they go then? And so the, the local church, um, and as we see in the, in the New Testament, it's the place where people get together and, and are able to, be, to, to learn about how to walk um, the Great Commission, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded. So that's really the, the purpose of the local church. And so, yes, we do evangelism, but it, the discipleship happens within the context of a local church. And, um, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what we do, I guess. Uh, the first church uh, plant that we were involved in was six and a half years, and then the second one was five, and now the third one is, is five and a half, and, and now we're looking towards, towards the next one. So um, you train nationals to take over as pastors and elders and deacons, and then you hand it off to the nationals to be able to raise up uh, a church there. Yeah, right? I, I mean, if we wanted to be a pastor, we could do that here in the States, right? So yeah. our, our job is more um, um, apostolic in the sense of not as, a, not as an apostle, but as a, as a gift that, that comes in and, and says, okay, we're going to initiate something with the desire to train up men and to see, see Mexicans take that over. So it's really, um, depending on where we are in that, in that process, we can, do, we can be doing a lot, and then as, as the church um, begins to be led by Mexican men, then our job is, is, is to work alongside and, and even under at, at, at a certain point. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of working yourself out of a job. Yeah, you work your way out of a job. That's just what I was thinking. <laughs> so what are the two pastors' names right now? That are uh, the two pastors are, are Martin or, or Martin and uh, Ismael or Ishmael. Uh-huh, yeah. uh -huh. So um, with the second church that or the third church, I guess, to finish that up, you got a, a big compound there that you would like to build a sanctuary then. How much would it cost to finish that? Yeah, actually, the, the very first church in Mexico City, um, this church uh, helped with, um, uh, you took an offering in a hat or something that you do, <laughs> or you did, right? And I think in that Sunday, like over $1,000 came in, and that's that was what we needed to buy. That was like the, the last part, but... The first church, we raised uh, $35,100 for the first lot. The second church, um, about $40,000, and they're continuing to pay off 
um, their mortgage. And then the second church we bought um, the, in, in this area, total was about, uh, with land and construction and permits, about 78,000 to date. But, um, and we have a place that we can worship comfortably, 120 people, but as you mentioned, we'd like to put that dome, kind of a domed uh, amphitheater or, or um, what do you call it, a worship center yeah. uh, out in front. Yeah, so that's a project that we have. Uh, what would that cost to finish that? Um, uh, probably. Rough guess. Yeah, forty to 50000 um, And then to get your third church <clears throat> planted, or fourth actually, up and running to, to buy the property and, and the church, yeah, what, I mean, what pro- would that properties probably always, properties, Just to give you an idea, for a, a meter of, a square meter of ground, um, you're looking at $100, um, and that's economical. Of course, this is California. You yeah, guys, yeah. that's probably cheap, right? <laughs> but uh, land is expensive, so the big hump is to get over, to get to get land, and then, you know, we really encourage the church to to also invest in the, in the, in the actual building and that sort of thing. So the second church, roughly about 100000 to get that up and moving, huh? Uh, probably. Uh-huh. Great, great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Turn them off something right there. All right. We got uh, some stuff to come up here, talk more about Oikos. We would like to go through a little bit of training and stuff. But first, um, what I'd like to do is talk about your Oikos a little bit. As you guys have gone through uh, the past couple of weeks, past few weeks, um, does everybody have one of these yet? If you don't have one of these, please raise your hand so ushers can get them to you. got some up here in front over on the side. Um, Pastor went over some great material on identifying your Oikos. We kind of copied it down and put it on this bookmark. We made it into a bookmark so you can stick it in your Bible, keep it with you, or keep it with your favorite book as you're reading it. Um, the places to look at, where is your oikos? Well, a great place to start is work. I'm sure you guys work with a few people, just maybe one or two that aren't saved. Um, start right there with people you run into in the hallway, people that you work with on a, on a regular basis. What you want to do is write their names down. We had you do it last week. We're going to have you do it again this week. Write their names down on number one, people from your work, number one. Number two, um, fill that in with the people from your oikos. Oikos is who you run into from 6 a.m. on Monday to 6 p.m. on Sunday night. Who do you run across while you're at work? Another place would be a school. And speaking of school, some of you guys are still in school. You're professional students. But what makes me think of school, my kids are in school. So when I started writing down my Oikos names, we've got, I uh, need a couple up here in the front on this side up here. You guys got any more of those blue Right up here up front on, the, on my right. Um, I started thinking of my kids' schoolmates. Kids they go to school with. Kids we're given rides to in the car all the time. The kids that we have captive for five or ten minutes. So I started adding their names and their parents' names as Oikos. Kevin Collins, the dude right there in the front. <laughs> um, start adding their names to my Oikos. You might also run into um, people in your Oikos friends. Neighbors, relatives. I'm sure each one of us have a relative that's not saved. Um, Please write their name down there. What we want to do is shrink the world. We often think of, go ye therefore into into all nations. Holy smokes. I can barely make it around the Bay Area, let alone go into all the nations, right? 
So what Oikos does is it shrinks your world down to something that's really actually manageable. It's interesting. It, it makes you focus on the people that God has appointed. People that God has appointed to be in your life. People that you would know better than I would know. People that when you get to praying for them, you would know more specific needs that they have than I do. You would know more about their relationships with their parents, relationships with their spouses, their children, um, relationships at their work, the trials, the tribulations that they go through. You know something more intimate about them. And so putting them on your prayer list, you'll have plenty of things to pray for for them. The biggest thing about that is, is while you're praying, you don't need to go and say, hey, you want to get saved? Hey, knock, knock, knock on the door every day. Hey, you want to come to church every day? No, no, no. Just start praying. Just start praying for them. Pray for things that you know about that, you, that they have needs for. Or pray about their celebrations. It's funny how a lot of times you might get jealous that they went to Disneyland. But praise the Lord, they got to go. <laughs> praise the Lord that they got to go on, on a vacation. You know, at different times, let them know that you're praying for them. Ask them. Pastor brought up a good point. I haven't had anybody turn me down anywhere when I've asked them if I could pray for them. It's interesting. It's fascinating. Well, you know, I got to take that back. I don't want to be a liar. I did ask one man if I can pray for him. Um, he was a Muslim. He said, no, no, don't. I said, you know what? I won't pray for you right here, but when I'm walking to my car, I'll pray for you. If that's okay, I'll pray for you over here. No, 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 don't pray for me. I go, that's okay, I'll, I'll pray for you when I get home. <laughs> so that, that's about the only time I've ever really gotten turned down. Um, what I found out about prayer and the Holy Spirit, there's no iron curtain, no communist country that can hold out the Holy Spirit or Christ working in people's lives. When we went to Cuba, there was more Christians down there than you can count. It was amazing to show up their little home churches right there in their garage, right there in their backyard, just overhangs, um, windy, cold, wet places, and Christians are meeting. Iron curtains aren't holding Christ out of their countries. Just ain't. Just ain't happening. It's, it's interesting, too. I met a man that was a, arrested and put in prison in the United States, and when they released him and sent him back to Cuba, he was arrested and put in prison in Cuba. When he was in the United States, he bought fire insurance that just wasn't uh, valid. He thought he put faith in Christ, but he was just doing it to get on a good behavior list. When he got put in prison in Cuba, somebody in the Cuban prison shared Christ with him, and he put his faith in Christ. I'll tell you what, he was, you look at him in his eyes, he looked crazy. When I was talking to him, I stood about arm's distance from him. When he's talking, he, but he would follow me. He was just telling me and talking to me like this the whole time. He's chasing me around the, the backyard, just walking backwards while he's talking. But you know what he's telling me? Telling me, Jesus saved me. I was a criminal in two countries, and Jesus saved me. He forgave me of all my sins. He met me behind iron bars. He met me behind iron bars and an iron curtain. Nothing will keep the Holy Spirit from working on people's lives. Just start praying for your oikos. You know why it's Super Bowl 2020? Has anybody gotten that one yet? Jesus was born in approximately 4 B.C. 
I always thought B.C. was before Christ, but Jesus was born before Christ, 4 B.C. approximately, okay? So if you take that out, this is 2016, add 4, what do you get? 2020. This is Super Bowl 2020. For 2,020 years, Christ has been moving and working and saving. This is Super Bowl 2020. It's time to get excited. Super Bowl 50, that ain't nothing. Well, in 2020, every Sunday, we're celebrating that Christ is alive and well and working. Every year, we're celebrating Super Bowls because Christ is working. He's saving our family. He's saving our friends. He's saving our neighbors. He's saving our co-workers. He's saving our, our school buds. Start praying and watch God work. I keep praying God, let me be a witness, not a testimony, a witness. I want to see you, Jesus. I want to see you work. I want to see people saved. I want to see them move from being lost to knowing Christ. I want to be a witness of seeing that process happen. Start praying for your oikos. I'm going to put a challenge out there. The last challenge that we had was uh, the 714 challenge. Does anybody remember the 714 challenge? All right. Nine people. Okay, ten. The 714 challenge was 2 Chronicles 714. What we did was we said at 714 a.m. and 714 p.m., pray. 7.14 a.m., we want the whole church, of Valley Bible Church, praying at either 7.14 a.m. or 7.14 p.m. And then we use this verse, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name, Christians, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. See, God tells you, turn from your wicked ways. Flee sin. Run from sin. Flee from your wicked ways, but he tells you something to do instead. He tells you, seek his face and pray. You have 8 to 15 people in your life. If your life is so humdrum and boring and there's nothing going on, there's something going on in their life, they need prayer. There's 8 to 15 people that you can pray for at 8.15 a.m. and 8.15 p.m., Every single day. That's the new challenge. The new challenge is 8.15. 8.15 a.m. Join with us in this challenge at 8.15 a.m. or 8.15 p.m. Every single day you will pray for your oikos. And we're going to help you meet that challenge. Every Sunday from the pulpit, every small group study you go to, every youth group event, we're going to ask you, are you praying for your oikos? at 8.15. Luke 8.15. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, who actively hear. They listen and retain it. They work at knowing it and understanding it and by persevering produce a crop. Everyone that's been a Christian more than a week or two knows that you have to persevere in your Christian walk. Just think how tough it is without being a Christian. If you can remember back that far. If you can even remember how tough it's been five years ago or ten years ago or 15 or 20 years ago, I can give you testimony upon testimony of how rough it's been being a Christian. 
It takes perseverance. But we have a God who knows us, who walks with us, who talks with us, who leads us on this journey, who's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. We have promises that we can cash in on. Therefore, as we persevere in Christ, we will produce a crop. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We'll produce fruit. He's promised. He's promised right here. Hear his word, retain it, persevere, and you will produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a lampstand so that all who come in can see the light. You know what? Your world's not that big. There's 8 to 15 people that are really close to you. 8 to 15 people that you have intimate knowledge of that you can be praying for. God will set up those divine appointments. He's already divinely put those people in your life specifically for those divine appointments. Be praying for them. Right now what I'd like you to do is um, take and start filling this out. If you haven't started filling out, start writing names right there. Everybody's got one now, right? Start filling it out. Start writing names down. There's uh, pencils in the pew in front of you. Uh, steal your, your neighbor's pen. Start writing those names down. Eight to 15 people. Now, if you're like me, it, it takes some 15 minutes to get two names down. Some of you get down 45 names in, in, in two minutes. That's all right. Start filling that out and writing names in there. Write my name if you can. S-H-A-W-N. I, I envy your prayers. <laughs> Put me at the top of your list. I'm going to turn off my mic. What we want to do is right now in, in this service is start praying for the, those people in your Oikos. Someone, anyone you meet from 6 a.m. Monday all the way to 6 p.m. Sunday night. People you ride with on a BART. People you carpool with. Anybody, family members. Um, right now, let's start praying for those people on your list together as, as a congregation. Right now, um, we do have some junior hires here and high schoolers. We have a bunch of kids off at winter camp. I think it was about 40 uh, junior hires that went up there. A uh, few of them made professions of faith last night. Tonight is going to be a night of repentance for those kids that, that say they're Christians and have been acting like they're unsaved this whole time. So we're praying for them tonight. Pray for them tonight that they would repent of sin as our young brothers and sisters in Christ, and that they would trust Jesus again. Um, would our, our youth come up here that have our, our verses? I'm going to walk you guys through the Romans road. What I need you to do is find a Bible. If you ain't got a paper Bible, get your electronic Bible. If you don't have a paper or electronic Bible, pull one out from in front of you. Um, I'm going to give you permission to write in the Bible in front of you if you don't have a Bible. Just grab one out of the pew in front of you. We're going to walk through a, an exercise that I have often taught in a Romans Road class. I, I, I want you to know, people often ask me, how do you start the conversation? How do you open up a conversation? Well, um, a few months ago, I was riding Bart into the city to meet up with some friends. And I decided to sit down uh, next to the craziest looking guy I could find. And sure enough, when the doors opened, 
this man sitting there had tattoos up and down his arms, all over his neck, his face, had a couple of teardrops, and I decided to sit next to him. When I'm sitting next to him, I'm reading a book called uh, Sticky Faith, and it's about um, our children and youth ministry and how we can reach them and help them to have a sticky faith that lasts when they leave our youth ministry. So when I sat down next to this young man, I started talking to him, and he kind of looked at me kind of funny. And I said, you know what? I work with a, a youth group. There's a bunch of kids there. And what this book is telling me right here in my hand is that we have a bunch of kids that, that leave the faith when they graduate from high school. What do you think I could do to help them retain their faith when they leave church? He lit up. Just that question. He lit up. He's the last guy on earth you'd ask how to help save kids. But he lit up and he said, my grandma took me to church all the time when I was a kid. And yes, when I got out of high school, I left and I've been doing criminal activities ever since. I'm like, I couldn't guess. You know, I, I, I didn't know that. Um, and he was telling me that when he was in church, he loved being there, singing in the choir, being a part of uh, the children's church ministry, his grandma taking him, his grandma praying for him, just fond great memories. But when the drug culture got a hold of him, when the rebellion started, he's been running from God ever since. And I asked him if he want me to pray for him. He said, oh, yes, please pray for me. He said, you know what, can, can, I, can I get your phone number? I want to text you. Sure, here's my phone number. We've texted off and on over the past few months. I, I tell him, I send him a scripture. I let him know I'm praying for you, man. EJ. You don't want to pray for EJ? I've invited him to church. said, bring your girlfriend, bring your kids. We'll take you to lunch. We'll, we'll, we'll share Jesus with you. We'll let you know that Jesus goes after lost sheep. Now, that's, that's kind of crazy. Hey, this, this is one of my favorite ones. My wife and I, I don't know if it's an anniversary, but it's a date. We have go on one or two a year, right? We couldn't find a place, so we went to Red Robin up at the mall. It's a Friday night. The place is packed out. I walked past these two African-American young men. One was, like, I don't know, 6'2 six, six and 6'6 six, six or something. I mean, they were skying over me. I'm 5'8 plus, something like that. So there's, and I just noticed that they sat down next to our table. They're sitting this far from, from me and Deborah. So I leaned over, put my hand on my back pocket, and I said, Excuse me, young man, you look too young to be drinking beer. I'm a DEA agent, and I want to see your IDs. <laughs> they, they got all frantic and nervous, and they're pulling their wallets out, getting their driver's license out, and I just started smiling. I said, no, that's all right. I'm a pastor. I just wanted to mess with you guys. <laughs> they were so relieved. They were so nervous. They said, we were going to go back to, the, to Travis Air Force Base and try to explain to our sergeant why we got arrested by DEA agents. <laughs> So the, the number one verse that I use in, in witnessing in that situation is Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now those are people that you're running into just for fun. I mean, I love that stuff. It's great laughs, good fun. Um, most of them, you know, they don't pull guns on me or anything. No, I told my son, we go in the strength of the Lord when we witness. We go in the strength of the Lord. But we're talking about your oikos. People that you run into on a daily basis. What I've noticed is that over the years, um, 
Friends and family are a conversation. Sometimes you can get a deep conversation going with them, and sometimes you have a very short window. But while you're praying for your oikos, the Lord's going to show you those open windows. And what I want to do is show you a very simple way that I learned as a youth going out with, I was probably sophomore in high school, going with our pastor and deacons on visitation nights and sharing the gospel. When I was walking along the hallways at school, I'd use the Romans road. I'd have my Bible open. I didn't have electronic Bible then, but I have my Bible open. Sometimes I carry the little Gideon Bible in my back pocket, and I'd open it up. This is how I want you to, to, to know how to use the Romans road. Um, really, seriously, if you don't have a Bible, grab that one in front of you. Grab a pencil, and let's start marking it up. Um, or if you've got your electronic Bible, that's cool too. Turn to Romans 3.10. See, it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? This one? Hey, sweet. Thanks, guys, whoever printed that for me. Um, we're going to start off with 10 verses. This is the shortened version that I often use because I don't have time um, when I'm out. But this is a longer version. We're going to show you how to go from the goal line on one end of the field to take a touchdown on the other end of the field. We're going to show you how to score touchdowns. By, by people getting saved. We're winning souls for Christ. The first one I want you to look at is Romans 3.10. Open your Bible, Romans 3.10. Look for Romans 3.10. I want you to pull your pen out or your pencil. And I want you to find 10. Three, find verse 10 and circle verse 10. If you've got your electronic Bible, underline it, highlight it, whatever. Now right above that, I want you to put, write these three words. Start Romans Road. S-T-A-R-T-R-O-M-A-N-S-R-O-A-D. Start Romans Road. Right there in the margin, the top of it, by the he heading, wherever you want to put it. Start Romans Road. Circle verse 10. And now, right next to that, write R. You just abbreviate, just put an R. 323. See, you're going to know where to start the Romans Road. You're going to know what the first verse is in Romans Road. And you're going to know which verse to go to next. You're going to start right here where it says start Romans Road, verse 310, and then we're going to go to verse 323. But I have our students up here who are anxiously waiting and falling asleep. Sorry. Read Romans 310. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. you got to start off letting them know that they're a sinner. There's none. None of us are righteous. I, and I know it, 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 it's unbelievable, but my mom... Your mom is not righteous. Go start that off with a conversation. Mom, you're not very righteous. <laughs> but you know what? The scripture says it. It's an okay place to start. It's an okay place to open up. So now we're, we're going to go down to Romans uh, 3, 23. Right there, Romans 3, 23, circle 23. And right there in the margin next to it, write R, 6, 23. Or in your electronic Bible, type it in in the margins for the um, notes. But circle 23, go right in R623. All right, 623. For all have sinned and fall short in the glory of God. Oops. <laughs> grab, grab another verse. Wait, don't go anywhere. You might, we might need you. Okay. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we go on a cruise ship, and we're all on a cruise ship together, and I start running down the hallways, banging on all the doors, 
waking you guys all up at 3 a.m. You guys are going to be really excited, right? 3 a.m., quick, get to the life rafts. Get on the life rafts. Jump. You got to run. Quick, it's 3 a.m., run. And so you guys all run. You all get on life rafts, and you're just sitting there. Nobody's lowering you down to safety. Nobody else is coming except us because you're the only ones I woke up. And you're just sitting on the dinghy, just sitting there, wondering what's going on. Will you be happy with me that I woke you up at 3 a.m. on a cruise ship? No, not really. No, you know what I am? I'm an idiot or a fool. At least that's what you think. You're not, you might not tell me, but he, Sean's a fool or he's an idiot waking me up at 3 a.m. telling me to get on a lifeboat and, and there's no problem. When I pound on that door at 3 a.m. and I say there's a fire in the hallway and it's coming towards you, get on a life raft, go to safety. You're not going to think I'm an idiot. You're going to think I'm a hero. And you might send me chocolate every Christmas remembering, hey, you helped save my life, right? On that fire on that cruise ship, I got on that life raft, and I was the first one there because you got the notice out to me, and you let me know. If you have a gospel with no sin, you're a fool. If you have a gospel that nobody sins, nobody's going to hell, you're an idiot because there's no reason to put faith in Christ. If there's no hell and there's no sin... I don't need Jesus. I just don't need him. You have to let people know that there's sin in their life. Are you excited about that? No, not in the least. I'm not the least excited about anybody having sin in their life, and I'm even less excited to say you're going to a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth for eternity. There's nothing great about that. There's nothing cool, nothing fun. I don't really want to tell people, but I need to because the rest of the gospel message will not make sense without that. Now, you wrote down 6R623. Jump over, find 6, go down to 23. Circle 23, flip a couple pages maybe. Circle that up and write R58. Circle 623, write R58. Or write it in the pew Bible in front of you. That's okay. Maybe somebody will look at it and get saved. Go. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But the gift, gift of God is eternal life in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Eternal life starts now. It starts today when you put faith in Christ. If uh, Philippians 4, 7 says that the peace of God, the love of God, having the Holy Spirit sealed within you will protect your mind and your heart. What's the biggest things that people get messed up in life? Their mind and their heart. The love of God will keep them and protect them. So you got Romans 5, 8 here. Now flip over to Romans 5, 8. You got it written down so you automatically know. You know what? After the first two, two verses, I just turn it around and let them read it. Let them know it's coming from the Bible. And they even see my marks. That's okay. They even see my marks. I'm taking them on a Romans road. I'm taking them on a trip. Okay, so Romans 5, 8. Go to Ro 5, verse 8. Circle up verse 8. Now I say this is a Romans road, and we're going to go talk to John and make a stop in Ephesus. 
Okay? So right by Romans 5.8, put J316. Romans 5.8. But God showed his love for us in while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. In your presentation, when you're talking to family and friends, let them know it's the love of God that draws them. It's God's kindness. God doesn't wish anyone to perish. But by his love and by his kindness, he's drawing you out. He's made a divine appointment for today to, so I can tell you about the love of Christ and the salvation through him. So flip the over. Go ahead. You got to go to John. So you got to go Romans, Acts, John, or Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, find three. John, one, two, three. Circle 16. Right there, circle 16. And then in the corner put E or E-P-H, 2, 8, and 9. So, John 3, 16. Uh, for, God who, <laughs> for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have everlasting life. You know what? You guys just passed the 50-yard line. Now you guys are going into Satan territory. You're going in there, and you guys are getting ready to make a touchdown. You're going to move the chains 10 more, 10 more yards right here with Ephesians 2, 8, 9. So go to Ephesians, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Corinthians, Romans, 1st, 2nd, Ephesians, 3rd. Oh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, in, in, 2. Could look for 8 and 9. Here we go, two. Now you go down here, circle eight and circle nine if you want, and write R1010. We're about ready to go into Satan's territory. We're going towards his end zone, and we're going to make a touchdown here, guys, because we're on, this, we're on the 40-yard line in the uh, um, enemy field. Go ahead, well, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Well, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. So that no one may boast. You just eliminated 99% of the religions out there. You got rid of them. Boom. Gone. Not by works. Do you know every religion is working for their salvation? Every religion is working to keep their salvation. This is the only one that's a free gift. It's not a gift if you have to buy it. It's not a gift. It's been invalidated as a gift. I'll tell you what. If I truly give you a gift and you want to give me five bucks, I'm going to be offended. You give me a hundred bucks for it, ten times what it's worth, I'm going to be offended. Because I love you so much, I wanted to give you a gift with nothing in return. God loves you so much, he doesn't want anything in return for this gift. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's already been paid. The price has already been paid. It's a free gift. And not only that, it's not by works. Because if Natalie can get up there into heaven by her works, and I couldn't, she could laugh at me. <laughs> Jerk. You couldn't make it. You weren't good enough, Sean. So there's, there's no pride. There's no arrogance. You can't do it. It's all Jesus. We give him the glory for our salvation. We give him the glory that he loved us so much that he'd offer a payment freely to us. Um, where are we at? Romans 10, 9, 10. I love this verse. I quote it every Christmas. Yeah, like, do you want to go? You, okay, go ahead. 
Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So go back from Ephesians, flip backwards, Galatians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, Romans 10, 9, and 10. Go to verse 10, circle verse 10. Circle verse 9, and right in there are 10.13, Romans 10.13. Romans 10.13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what? Sometimes you've got to call a couple of times because you're not believing in your heart. You're not trusting in this Christ. That's okay. Well, I've already prayed that prayer. Well, you know, I think you need to pray it again. I think you probably bought some ineffective fire insurance. We want to make sure it's real. Put your faith in Christ. Let's call on the name of the Lord, and he promises you'll be saved. And right there, right, R, 8-1, Romans 8-1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Bang! You're on a 10-yard line. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this promise. Write down Romans 8, go to Romans 8-1. Now go to Romans uh, 8, 38 and 39. Circle it up. And this is the touchdown right here. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither, the, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Touchdown. Touchdown. There's nothing going to separate you. You got to know, nothing will ever separate you from the love of Christ. Not angels, not demons, not traps, not tricks, not sin past, not sin present, not even sin in the future. Jesus loved you knowing you'd sin against them tomorrow. If your favorite team was in a Super Bowl and you knew they were going to lose the Super Bowl, would you still bet on them? Jesus knows you're going to lose a battle with sin. He still bet on you. He bet his whole son's life on you. He put it all on the line for you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Father, we're uh, here to glorify your name, to lift you up, to thank you, to worship you, because there's no one like you. There's no one like you. We say thank you that you are powerful, you are a creator, you are life sustainer, but yet you are the one that humbled yourself to become a worm, to become a man in the flesh, to be, have the abuse heaped on you, to be cursed and cussed and to be humiliated, to take on the penalty of my sin penalty of our sins, the penalty of the sins of those in our oikos we're praying for. Would you please let us help them by knowing this wonderful message that Jesus died and rose again and is preparing a place for everyone that has put faith in him. We're here to say we love you, Lord, and we want to be a witness of you saving our oikos. We ask these things in Jesus' powerful and mighty name. Amen.